Hello and welcome to Ahead of the Curve, the podcast from Acadia, where we take time to get under the skin of the risk, margin and collateral industry to dig deep and present topical perspectives and insights on this hugely important sector. In this edition of Ahead of the Curve, we're back on camera and welcoming back into the studio, Acadia's CEO, Chris Walsh. So, Chris, it's great to see you again. John, it's great to see you too. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you in the studio. And uh, and and we've got some really interesting ground to cover in this podcast. So pleased that you could join us for uh, this conversation. Now, since the first episode of Ahead of the Curve, we've been on a journey. We've followed the six phases of implementation of uncleared margin rules, culminating in phase six that was in September just last year. The introduction of uncleared margin rules has provided the over-the-counter derivatives industry with an essential level of structure and guidance. But although we've reached phase six, the story's not over. A process of mainstreaming UMR rules is now underway. Market participants have made it clear that they require a more holistic approach towards risk, margin and collateral management. And this fundamental shift in the industry has brought about the need for something new, and it's called optimal margin management. So what does optimal margin management, or OMM, what does it mean for all of us? Chris, you're with me in the studio to discuss this. So let's, let's start at the basics, start from the top. Why is OMM, optimal margin management, why is it so important? Well, First, I have to tell you, John, about how we came up with the name. Yes, no, give me that. that. We went through everything we could think of. Um, And the the name is really came together between ourselves and Quaternion Management as part of Acadia, talking about where clients are heading right now. And they're heading towards, you know, there's a lot of different optimization processes going on in the market. Sometimes it's optimizing collateral to reduce funding costs. Other times you're looking at optimizing portfolio uh, to reduce IM exposure or optimizing process. And um, we we took a look at that and we thought a little bit about what's going on in our business and with our clients. And we, we felt that the, the idea of bringing these together around the client's core margin process is ulti- would ultimately be the best outcome for our clients. And we put together a framework around that that we've been mo- most recently discussing with a number of clients, and it's, it's really resonating well. And is it something that was being asked for? Is it a question of Acadia looking at the market and realizing this is needed? Or were these conversations you were having with clients and it was clear that that was what they're looking for? It's very clear that the clients are looking for it, but the, the conversations weren't all the same. Some came from one one part of the business or another part of the business, optimizing a different constraint or a different concern. Um, however, everyone realized that unless you look at it more holistically, okay, you're you're solving one problem and possibly causing, you know, causing others at the same time. So our our view is you take a holistic approach. You include the multiple constraints you need to optimize around. You build it into your core risk and collateral process. And that's where you're going to get your best outcome. And that, I suppose, essentially is what OMM is about, isn't it? That holistic approach you describe, bringing all of those elements together, disparate perhaps as they were before, and bringing them together in a more uh, in a more accessible and understandable way for the client. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's critical right now. 
You know, I'd say right now clients are fa faced with situ with a situation where they've complied with the rules or large, anyone who's in scope has complied with the rules. But for many clients, they're posting way more collateral than they need to. Okay. And, you know, based on our calculation and our assumption that, you know, in our initial analysis that said, you know, some clients up to 40% of their are, are, are posting 40% more than they ultimately need to. And that's, that's collateral they oh. could do more with. They could they do more with. It. They're locking up a lot of their assets unnecessarily. We take a look, we, we apply just a 20%, you know, uh, a kind of over collateralization across our client base. We're looking at a significant 22 billion, okay, of spending that's happening on an annualized basis uh, that wouldn't need to be. That's a chunk of change, Chris. Significant ch chunk and, of change. And is that then one of the aspects of OMM? It's about getting a hold of this and uh, and stopping that um, that overspend, for want of a better word. That's certainly that level of collateralization. Uh, absolutely. So, in exposures not being uh, optimized isn't the end of the story. Okay, funding costs at the same time, funding those exposures with collateral okay, is getting more expensive for, for firms. You know, in many cases, that's because the, uh, the volatilities have increased, but also because interest rates are now up. But our, our analysis shows some clients are increasing their funding costs by 150% okay, so just over the past year. I guess another factor that comes into play here is that UMR is no longer simply a project that's, um, that participants have to na navigate. It's, um, I guess it's more business, and you've used this phrase yourself before, Chris, it's, it's the new business as usual. It is, it is. And many people have started uh, mentioning phase seven. Okay, now there is no phase seven. Should we be bracing seven. for a phase seven, Chris? Is, is this on the horizon? I think phase seven is being referred to enough right now that it kind <laughs> of exists. Um, but phase seven really is a realization that the that when phase six is done, there's an ongoing body of work. And I think one of the challenges clients have is they've approached this as a project. Most everyone formed project teams, developed those teams, and disband those teams at the at once phase six was completed. But there's a lot of ongoing responsibility every firm has to stay in compliance. And if they don't, they run the risk of falling out of compliance and not being able to trade in a given agreement or with a given client. Uh, that that includes monitoring thresholds for all of your clients, not just those those in scope, to see who is and isn't in scope. Annual ANA calculations have to be performed. SIM recalibrations have to be performed. And trading as a whole needs to become more sensitive to the impacts of margin and use tools like pre-trade analytics so that they can best direct trades in a way that's going to really allow the client, clients to optimize, optimize their assets. Let's just go into this in even more detail. Um, take me through the process when it comes to the framework of optimizing, validating, and, and enabling. What should participants expect? Well, I think step one is measuring where they're at. Okay, and I really look at that through the um, the lens of optimizing. Understand how much how much expo how much am I overexposing? How much am I over collateralizing today? And why? Okay, is there an opportunity? You know, analyzing that with other constraints like SACR and, uh, and, and other capital requirements that a firm might have. Um, and understanding how that can be best dealt with through on a trade-by-trade -trade basis through pre-trade analytics or looking at different options for doing optimization runs, different, different ones that are available through Acadia and through the industry right now. 
But that whole area of opti optimizing is a place that, that firms should be looking when they're looking, particularly when they start looking at how do they uh, reduce their exposures and the potential overspend there. Okay, the second area that you'd be looking at is, is validating. Okay, and that validation, for some firms, they're gonna, they're gonna be forced to validate. Their models are gonna be required to be validated. They're gonna, they're gonna have back testing requirements. Okay, other firms that may not fall into the scope to need, to need that still need to take a look at their you know, ongoing validation of their, of their monitoring, you know, their, where they stand against thresholds, where they stand in terms of the, the ANA calculations, how the recalibration of SIM is likely to impact them year on year looking at uh, maybe some volatility spikes that happen in the current year. But there's a whole area of managing and validating, you know, how you're, how you're operating within UMR. That's that second piece there. Okay, the, the enabling, when we look at enabling, we really look at a lot of enabling comes, comes through as data, okay? It, do I have a good representation of trades? Do I have a good representation of my agreements? Is it in sync with my counterparties? How do I how do I bring those in sync, and how do I improve the data that all these processes are working on? And then, and then last, we take a look at um, that the integration. Okay, how, how's, have I implemented IM in a way that it's separate from VM, and is it inefficient as a result of that? Okay, are are there opportunities for me to better connect? Are there opportunities for me to better handle my settlement communication? Am I still sending faxes around some of these exchanges? As simple as that. But looking at all of these items and picking, you know, where where you know where do I where do I approach this and developing that roadmap and implementing around it? I have to ask just quickly on that one, Chris. Are people still sending faxes? Are there the old client out there still doing that? <laughs> believe it or not, believe <laughs> it or not, there's some uh, processes, and and it's really a legacy to how this business operates, and it really marks one of the one of the real reasons that we want to introduce some change in that. Okay, not just to eliminate the need for faxes, but the real reason people implement faxes is that the business is defined by a set of agreements that no one wants to change. And if something, if within that agreement it says, "I you shall send a fax," it's not worth spending the month arguing with lawyers about changing that, sending that fax. You know, you you're going to send a fax, but if you converted that to digital terms, okay, that are that can be changed between parties and updated as needed. That problem, it, it, there would be no logic to sending a fax because it would be very simple for someone to say, yes, I'll receive an electronic message for you from you. It's fascinating, isn't it? How yeah. we can become locked in one method and um, means of doing something um, for so long as well. Look, I want to ask one more question on this, and, and it's, it's around Acadia's approach, Chris. Optimal margin management, it's an Acadia uh, initiative. It's, it's, it's your baby, and it's something that we've um, been uh, discussing for this podcast. What is it that defines Acadia's approach to all of what you've just described um, when it comes to OMM? Yeah. I think OMM um, for Acadia represents the coming together of quantitative analytics with operational workflow. Acadia has been we we've been been doing this for the past five years, and ever since we uh, executed on the acquisition of Quaternion to develop that quantitative capability within the company, bringing those two together is wholly important. It's what we saw 
mostly with phase five, phase five, and then phase six, when firms needed to to start doing risk calculations and include that in their margining process. Okay, not now what we're in a position to do, and clients are in a position to do or work with us to do, is holistically look at the process, both the quantitative calculations, the analytic side of side of what's happening around risk, and the collateral management, margin management, settlements around the operations, and have a single solution front to back. Uh, so Acadia can now offer that is it can be a one-stop provider and an integrated solution provider, uh, unlike, I, unlike I believe anyone else in the market. So um, exciting times ahead then, Chris. Absolutely. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you in the studio joining us for this uh, video recorded edition of the, the podcast. We're out of time, though, Chris. Uh, thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. Always love coming here, John. Thank you. That's a pleasure. And thank you for listening and for watching Ahead of the Curve. We'd like to know what you think, so please do get in touch and share your thoughts. And you can find out more about Acadia by going to Acadia Inc. But until next time, it's goodbye from us. <laughs>